Hi, I'm Jessica Schiller-Silverman, and I want to warmly welcome you to the Alive podcast, where wellness and business come to life. I stepped away from a six-figure career in venture capital in San Francisco to start my own venture, all inspired initially from a podcast. Learn how in this powerful show full of golden nuggets that will help you learn how you can come alive in your creative prowess while creating financial and energetic flow. Each episode will uncover my secrets to debunking the starving artist myth. Come on, enjoy the ride, and come alive with me. Hey there, it's Jess. Do you desire a release from the constant thoughts that consume your mind, drain your energy, and leave you feeling lost in a sea of thoughts and ideas every day? Are you feeling anxious about the future or traumatized by your past to the point where it affects your everyday actions, relationships, and your psyche? If so, I just want you to know that you're not alone. I've created this community and podcast for souls like you who long to feel alive, to liberate yourself from the layers of life that have drained your energy and left you feeling outside of your own skin. And to that, I want to invite you to really take this to the next level and come alive and bring this to life with my new release of the Live Vibrant Experience that I am reviving this summer just for you. Because let's get real, the podcast can only do so much. I really want to help you come alive and feel the spirit of this every single day of your life. Feel free to check it out at bit.ly backslash liveyourvibrant. Let's come alive. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to the Alive Podcast. On today's episode, I have the absolute joyful pleasure of introducing a dear friend of mine, Kimberly Kling, herbalist and owner of Joyful Roots. Kimberly Kling is the creatrix behind Joyful Roots, a botanical wellness brand located in Southern Arizona. Her greatest passion is to help women cultivate their inner joy by amplifying their self-care rituals and growing deeper roots in our mother earth. Kimberly is committed to offering small batch, 100% natural body care and soul care products that nourish our bodies, respect the earth and empower us into greater well-being. In reciprocity to mama earth, every purchase over $10 from Joyful Roots web shop plants a tree. Kimberly has been working with plants since early as she can remember, making a magical plant stew in her childhood backyard and becoming friends with the rushes and paper birch in the Michigan forests. Looking back, she can see that her decision to get a master's in landscape architecture was an attempt to reconcile her love for art, plants, and her background in civil engineering. After moving to rural Arizona, giving birth to and mothering her son and experiencing a health crisis, She was divinely guided to herbalism and rekindled a deep and enthralling passion for plants. Through the plants, she became empowered with her own health and wellness and is called to share this empowerment with others as she will share with us today. In her words, and these words give me goosebumps, the plants pulled me into their magic and I am forever theirs. Welcome to the Alive Podcast, Kimberly Kling. Thank you, Jessica. I'm so excited to be here. I've been loving listening to your podcast so much, and I'm thrilled to be a guest. It's an honor. Yes, I am thrilled to have you. How are you feeling today? 
Oh, I'm I'm feeling pretty good. You know, this uh, this um, full moon is affecting me a little bit, but but I'm I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> yes, yes, listeners. Whenever you listen to this episode, of course, it's evergreen. We are actually recording this in the full moon in the eclipse, and the energy is. As I was talking with Kimberly before we started a little up in the air, sort of things are really swirling around. We're currently in an air sign. So just that energy of kind of everything is up in the air. But I think it's also a really beautiful thing. I actually had a call yesterday with my Digitally Savvy Collective about the word wild and just how the energy of the wild, and as you can see, I actually have an LED light. It might be cut off in the camera that says wild because it's one of my words because it can be a really chaotic energy, but it can also be reined in for such beauty and such passion, right? And if I think about you and your brand and, and just cultivating the spirit, right, of Mother Earth and, and how nature just beautifully and organically lives wild and free, um, you are a beautiful vessel to bring that magic with all of, of your creations. And so I just think it's almost divine timing that we're having this interview at this journey, right? At this window in time. Uh, and I just, just wanna thank you, first of all, for being here. Thank you. I love that word. It's um, definitely one that has been speaking to me very strongly lately. Um, I feel like the last few years, it's kind of been a process of me rewilding myself. <laughs> so. I love that that was your word yesterday. Yes, yes, it's actually we talked about it was rewilding and just kind of really, really coming into our own, right? Really connecting ourselves and grounding and, and me being an earth sign and very passionate as well about Mother Earth and about really earthing and grounding yourself and, and living in your truth and speaking your truth and always staying aligned with that which is really passionate to you, but also bringing it in as you do so beautifully in a tangible way right to the world with with your products and I, I just can't wait to dive into to really show the world all the magic that you have your plant magic um because I've been a member of ever since I've met you really but then a member of your community and I get your beautiful boxes every single month with your beautiful love notes and it's just something I look forward to so dearly every month especially through the pandemic it was extremely healing to me uh, to see what was, you know, the element or what was the plant or flower of the month and, you know, what, how, what magic am I going to get to tap into and what are the healing properties and what are sort of the mythology and the folklore behind that and the beautiful guides you put together. But before we get carried away with all that, because I just get really excited when I talk about you and everything you do, who is Kimberly Kling? I always like to ask this question. Oh boy. Um, how do you sum yourself up in a few words? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I love um, the question. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. Um, so I guess first and foremost, I am a woman learning to live closer to the earth and um, bring myself back closer to right relationship with our mother earth. Um, I think that that kind of stems into every other aspect of my life and what I'm doing for my business and how I live within my family. So 
Um, I'm also a mother of two children, an eight-year-old and a 15-year-old. And a wife. <laughs> is and Grace an eight already? What? Is Grace an eight already? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I guess I'm getting ahead of myself. He's seven. Oh. <laughs> he, he, everyone always thinks he's nine. So yeah, he's, he's going to be eight in October. <laughs> oh my gosh. I remember. So listeners, you may not know the background, but I met Kimberly actually at a retreat years ago. I feel like Grayson was like four. I think he might have even been yeah out in the California Redwoods and that's actually initially how Kimberly and I connected so when I hear Grayson's aid I'm like oh my gosh I just remember him as a little boy I know it's so funny because he talks about that all the time he's like when are we going back to California mom to that one person's (laughs) house in the woods (laughs) oh my gosh he remembers that's so precious yeah it's really great so yeah I would say that like that trip kind of embodies what I live for because having I think being able to teach my children to connect with the earth in that way is like one of the greatest joys that I have and um it was just such a beautiful experience being in community too um but yeah getting back to I guess what I do um I I have a a business here in Southern Arizona. Um, I live on a four acre mini ranch and um, I grow a a wide variety of herbs, um, a bunch of different things that suit my fancy and I'm always experimenting with them. And I get to use those herbs um, in my herbal creations that I get to share with the world. And I feel extremely blessed and lucky to be able to be doing what I love because it's an absolute joy. And um, I feel more connected to myself than I ever have in my life um, through this this um, experience of working on the land and making um, creations. So it's oh, so beautiful. I love that. So how where did your love for botanical wellness and Mother Earth begin? Um, I would say I would go back to the trees again. Um, I grew up in Illinois and I used to spend the summers in Michigan. My grandmother had a house on the sh- right on the shores of Lake Michigan. So you could literally just walk out her backyard and you'd be on the beach and um, you would walk through birch and pine trees and we would walk down to the neighbors, play in the stream all day long, just the kids catching frogs, um, swimming in Lake Michigan, finding stones, and it was just really blissful. And that was like looking back, those moments of being out there in nature were really the most connected and um, calm and blissful that I, you know, could have ever felt in my life. It was such a contrast from growing up in suburbia, even though I did have some really beautiful places around me there too. I think as a child, like I, I could just sense that there was something really special about just being completely immersed in, in the woods and the trees yeah. and in the sand with all this wildlife around us. Yeah. Oh, and kind of, 
walk us through that visual. Like how, how does that make you feel? Cause I understand that I have that same deep love for nature and connection. And my husband and I were just actually out in Gainesville um, last week or week and a half ago, I forget time-wise. And we walk through, it's called Payne's Prairie. It's just like 30 miles of just wide open trails. And you see like Buffalo and cows. And it was just like, it was so beautiful. And you're just like completely like there's woods and then there's wide open prairie. And I think we spent at least two hours there. And out of the whole vacation, it was my 40th. We celebrated, we stayed at a spa farm in North Carolina and had all these like beautiful aesthetic pleasures. But that hike was just more beautiful to me than anything else. And it doesn't cost money and it doesn't, right? It doesn't have like a physical aesthetic pleasure. It's just more of this feeling within, like where I feel so much like myself. That's where I feel most alive. It's just completely immersed and just the smell. Like I can even visualize that now because I don't live near a forest. Unfortunately, I live in jungle <laughs> and scrub. That's what the trails here are called in, in South Florida. How does that feel for you? Like what, what connection do you feel when you're amidst mother nature and the forests and the trees and even just out in your garden, in your creatrix, how does that feel for you? Yeah, I think that the word that comes to mind is presence. I think that being in a, in a space like that, which is our innate way of being, it brings us home to ourselves and to all of our senses. We're seeing, hearing, smelling, touching. We're like stimulated by the environment and all these, this beauty that's around us. And um, yeah, we just become so much more present. We're not thinking about, you know, working on the computer and um, checking our cell phone and all of these things. It's just, um, you know, you're in the moment and you're seeing everything that's around you and probably being somewhat mesmerized. <laughs> yes, 100% yeah. mesmerized. I think that's a beautiful way to put it, like presence, like 100% presence, like disconnected from your devices and mesmerized. Like, I think it's a sense of that's where this was all born for you, right? As a young child out in Illinois and out in Michigan, like that childhood wonder and awe, like that feeling. And I think, I know for myself personally, every time I'm in nature, that's always reignited, right? Even now at the age of 40, like I feel that all come rushing back every time Mother Earth gives me her hug. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think that it kind of offers us this, I think I said this word earlier, but this bliss that we don't often feel as much when we're, you know, just at home doing our thing. It's like we can separate a bit from that daily grind and just feel playful and joyful like a child and, and just enjoy what's around us. Yes, yes, absolutely. So going back to the, the childhood wonder, I know I read at the beginning or introduced your biography about this magical plant stew. I'm so curious, what, what is it? Tell us more about this. It's so funny. I've talked to other people that did the same thing growing up. And I, so in the suburban town that I lived in, we had a creek um, near our house and um, 
back then, you know, the parents would just let the kids go play all day by this creek and we had to be home by the time the streetlights would turn on. And, um, I would go down there with my friends and I think sometimes we would bring like old pots and pans and buckets and stuff. And I would just find a bunch of different plants and fill it up with the creek water, the, the bucket and put it all in there and like pretend like I was making us food. <laughs> we wouldn't actually eat it or anything. But it was, to me, it was just this process of like experimenting. And, and at that time, I didn't know anything about herbalism or, you know, I didn't actually learn about herbalism until I was in my 30s really so it was sort of just this innate thing I think that children have of just wanting to experiment and they know that you know our ancestors used to live off the land and um, make medicine from the land so yeah I would we would just make that and I think it was mostly me <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes I would pretend it was magical and we would sprinkle it around and stuff. Oh my gosh, I love that. I almost feel like I was there with you as a child, like experiencing, like I'm, I'm envisioning you in the woods and putting all the plants together and the creek water and then like making spells on it. Uh, mm -hmm. And now, now you do that, right? In real life, so it's almost like the seeds were planted, right, within you. And I always tell all my students, all my clients, this, like if you ever have a thought even as thinking back to your childhood to the present day, there's a, there's a divine reason for that, right? The, it's the universe giving you these sort of divine downloads that if you even think about it, that it's a part of your reality or it's meant to be a part of your reality. And, and I wholeheartedly believe that. So it's so beautiful as I hear this story about this magical plant stew <laughs> and how that's really just blossomed beautifully into fruition into what you do now in the, in the present day. Definitely, definitely. It was definitely planting a seed. Yes, yes, I love that. So you mentioned you didn't get into herbalism until your 30s. So how did you reconcile your love kind of going back for art plants and your background is actually in civil engineering? I didn't actually yeah. know that until, <laughs> until I was preparing for this interview. Yeah, um, so I always had a love for art and nature growing up as a child. And I said that I wanted to be an artist and a marine biologist. But while I was going through school, um, I sort of focused in the sciences and math. And that was where I was told was like my strength. Um, so then in high school, you know, everyone's trying to figure out what they're going to do with their life. And um, my parents took me to a women in engineering day up in uh, at Northwestern um, University. And um, it just sounded compelling. There were there were women there that were talking about how they get to go out in canoes and take water samples and, um, you know, different things. And I it seemed like a practical route to go. Um, you know, society kind of pushes us, I think, a bit if you're good at something to follow that direction, especially if it's something that will make money and will be a stable job. So I felt like it was the right thing to do, even though I really just wanted to make art. <laughs> um, 
And so I tried to minor in art in college while I was doing engineering and that didn't work out because I was going to a small school and the, the classes always conflicted. But um, I graduated with my civil engineering degree and I went on to work in structural engineering. Um, and I really honestly was just miserable. It wasn't anything I was passionate about. My first job, I was working up in Scottsdale, Arizona, and I was working on these big office complexes that were blading the desert. They were basically, they would just come into this area of pristine, beautiful desert and um, you know, take the tractor through and just blade it all for these office complexes. And it like just felt so disconnected from what I wanted to be doing. And it was really heartbreaking. And I actually ended up having a little bit of a meltdown one day at work and my boss could just tell it was, you know, I, it wasn't aligning and I was miserable. And he's like, do you want to give your two week notice? And I, so I did. Wow. Having any sort of backup or anything. And um, I ended up finding a job um, teaching school children at the Desert Botanical Gardens in, in Scottsdale, or it's in Phoenix, actually. And just absolutely loved it and learned about ethnobotany and how people would traditionally plant. And while I was doing that, I kind of had the um, push to, um, or I learned about landscape architecture there and then decided to go back to grad school for that. And that was a really wonderful experience of marrying my art, love for art and my love for plants and nature and everything. Um, and I absolutely loved the program at the U of A in Tucson. Um, and then I graduated and the, the 2009 recession hit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and it was just this whole cascade of things, but I ended up moving down here to Southern Arizona, kind of in the middle of nowhere. And so there aren't any landscape architects down here. I had my son um, and had gone through some health challenges after having him and I, I wasn't getting answers um, within the mainstream medical community, I was going to all these doctors and nobody could figure out what was going on. And, you know, I didn't feel well, but, um, there weren't any, nothing was showing up as a real reason for it. Um, and then I eventually got really sick and ended up in the ER, um, from a pharmaceutical an antibiotic. And that was kind of like this light bulb moment when I got home, I was like, I need to figure out something else. And I had started at that point dabbling with like growing some culinary herbs in the garden, but something just clicked within me at that point. And I was like needing to feel empowered with my health. And I started researching herbs and it just became this love affair. And I did like a complete deep dive and um, haven't looked back. <laughs> I've just kept going down the rabbit hole. <laughs> My gosh, I have like eternal goosebumps from everything. <laughs> going back to your career in, in civil engineering. And I don't know why I said before, I don't remember that. I do remember us having that conversation when I went to visit you in Naples a few years ago, because I have a very similar background, not in engineering, but in corporate finance and being 
you mentioned going to the women in engineering event, right? Being a woman in a male-dominated, very alpha male type of energy is challenging. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I know we have similar backgrounds. I have always connected with you on that level because I can completely understand yes. you know, what you've gone through yes and and even the way you described I mean that's why I chose corporate finance it was practical and it's lucrative and it makes money and and there's always a job right just like engineering there's always that demand mm-hmm. and so that's what originally drew me to that but then it was just the culture right and and the alignment right the misalignment like you said your boss is like do you want to give your two weeks and just being in that and, and seeing I was visualizing the tractors destroying like the beautiful desert. And like, that's just the antithesis of everything that, that you are right. And who you want to be in the world, just like me working in corporate finance. I always tell the story that I literally was funding other people's dreams. I worked in venture capital. I signed checks of millions and billions of dollars to help fund apps and all this technology. When secretly I had a journal at my desk journaling about my own dreams and desires, but they lived in a book, right? It lived on pen and paper. And it was actually, I told this story in the very first episode, episode one, listeners, if you haven't listened, check that out, um, come alive with me is a podcast changed that. And that's why I'm so passionate about podcasting. I used to I listen to my three plus hours to and from San Francisco on the way to work. And it was just hearing these stories of, of just like you, just like stepping away, like this is not in alignment with me, right? And then you went through a health crisis, which further pushed you into that exploration of, of you know, getting out of the pharmaceuticals and, and the drug industry and, and really trying to be curious about more natural and organic ways of, of healing ourselves that I agree with you and I'm in complete alignment. The pharmaceutical industry doesn't necessarily care about us, right? As much as they should. And, and it is, unfortunately, just like corporate finance or even civil engineering, it's it's a financial, it's for financial gain and, and often at the expense of our, our own health and well-being uh, as humanity. And I don't want to get too deep into that. <laughs> but <laughs> my point being is that, that podcasting changed my life. And that's why I'm so passionate about this show. That's what Alive means to me. It's not necessarily just my story but elevating stories such as yours and how you came alive, right? Through your own trauma and through your own tragedy, just just how you rose like a phoenix, right? And those seeds that were planted as a child, right? Out in the woods and the magical plants do become joyful roots, right? And that beautiful brand that you have today that that I am just a huge, huge raving fan of. I can't express that that enough so yeah you're welcome so how was joyful roots born I'm actually curious well um you know it kind of grew slowly I was after I had my son I was actually making a lot of art and trying to make that more of a business um and as I started to dive into herbalism for my family and myself, um, it just became this really like sweeping passion of mine. Uh, and it was actually during um, the course that we were doing with Maria Bolovic. Yeah. <laughs> Shout that, out Maria. <laughs> yeah, that, sh- you know, I felt really inspired during all of that work that we were doing in there to kind of 
make this more into my my career and my dream um you know through the the community there and also through talking with maria one-on-one -on -one, you know we talked a lot about it and um i decided to make the shift and dive into it and then maria actually um helped coach me in the beginning of my first my first product launch um and it's just grown a bunch from there my herb garden is growing my products are growing um i've i'm currently also in school um i'm hoping to finish that up this year um as an herbalist it's kind of funny because i'm in a in a fairly linear program um for a type of um healing modality called vitalism which um looks at the whole person as one intelligent you know being and um instead of you know how a lot of the mainstream medical kind of looks at different body systems separately this program is like integrating everything and it's it's an amazing program and at the same time there's all of these other resources out there that are also incredible that you know i've been diving into when things come up and and that's needed as well so it's taking me a bit longer to do to the do the schooling but um i'm doing it and it's it's incredible and um yeah i'm just i'm growing the business slowly um in a way that i think suits my lifestyle and i love it <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And and I, I've seen the evolution, right? I mean, you and I met at Maria's event and I remember that first product launch. I was one of the first to, to jump on that. I still have the evening oil right by my bed. I don't know if it's still good. But... Okay. <laughs> we'll have to get you some new stuff. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, and I've just seen the evolution of, of even your art and then your oils and then your boxes and your membership and just, just everything that you've been doing. And it's just, it's so beautiful to watch that, right? Really come alive. And now you're taking that to the next level with the program that you're in. And I had goosebumps, I had to write it down, the word vitalism. I haven't heard of that term specifically, but in the acronym of my brand Alive, V is vitality. So I just think that's so beautiful. <laughs> As yeah, you that kind of whole body uh, experience, right? And just looking at ourselves. Um, Deepak Chopra was my first introduction really to all of that, right? Knowing that mm -hmm. he was in traditional medicine for 30 years and then really evolved past that uh, to more holistic and, and functional medicine. So I'm just happy that, that you are bringing that to the world. Um, and really taking that to the next level with your products because they're they're honestly magic and I, and I do want to say that even going back to your first product launch I remember you had this um, the three pack of the rollerball set and I don't mm -hmm. remember which oil it was specifically I think I want to say it was maybe the root the root chakra mm -hmm. or sorry the the crown chakra one whenever yeah, I the, had yeah it was the red one right yeah, the crown and the root were connected on it was um, the Celtic spiral chakra. Celtic. Pack, so yes, yeah. yes. So crown and root chakra were connected into one. Yeah. Rolan. Yeah. Yes. And that was pure, like literally magic. I remember I had and you and I have had conversations about this. I get 
massive migraines and typically around my menstrual cycle, but also stress induced. And it was a few years ago. And I just remember laying in bed, literally crying. Like I just couldn't get comfortable no matter which way I was laying down, sitting up, like couldn't fall asleep. And I just laid down and my husband was like, only try this. And he reached in the drawer and he pulled out the oil and he kind of like lulled me to sleep. And it was amazing because I fell asleep, just kind of letting the sense really take over the pain. And I woke up like Cinderella, like two hours later and the pain was gone. It was just, oh wow! I remember writing to you about that. It was just, it, it was such magic because migraines are so debilitating and it's something I still do struggle with. And so I always have that in my vault. Like I have all of your, <laughs> your oil magic right by my bedside um, in case of an emergency and just kind of like enrapturing, right? And being mesmerized by the sense and letting all of that just naturally heal me uh, has been incredible. That just makes my heart swell so big because that's why I'm doing this. It's, yes. That's exactly why. Yes, yes, I love it. So what, what would you say is your greatest passion in cultivating joy for roots? There's so much to it, right? Beyond just the oils and everything that you do. Yeah, um, so it's definitely going back to what you just said, it's watching people come alive <laughs> um, when they get to experience the plants and the formulas that I make and have that spark of recognition. I think that um, these are made from the earth and they're so attuned to our body. You know, we've, um, humans have evolved over the millennia side by side with plants and they are companions to us and our bodies know how to interact with them you know on so many levels so i get i completely light up when i hear stories like yours um you know of, of something helping you feel better um and the the times when I've seen people um, recognize a plant in real life and how, um, like how they can form a relationship with it, or or how that plant can help them in their life. Like I've gone out on plant walks and just hikes with friends and things like that, and and kind of introduce them <laughs> to yeah. specific plants, and you just see this spark and this like light go on, you know. That's beautiful. Oh, I want to go on a walk with you. That would be fun. <laughs> Put that on my bucket list. So yeah, I still do want to come out and visit you in, uh, in your garden in Arizona. I would love that. Yeah, in your farm. <laughs> mm -hmm. I love that. So you have eight roots of joy. I just want to read them really quickly. Your connection to earth, number one. Presence embodiment, number two. Number three, nutrition. Number four, movement. Number five, herbs. Number six, creativity, pleasure, joy. Number seven, ritual. And number eight, community. So powerful. How, how do these tie into Joyful Roots? How did you create these eight aspects of health to be part of the eight roots of joy that are intertwined with Joyful Roots? 
Well, it goes back again to vitalism and looking at people as a whole being, not just pieces and parts. And so when we're talking about healing, um, it's really so much more than just taking a few herbs and popping some pills, you know, yeah, <laughs> even yeah. if they're herbal pills. <laughs> um, there's so much more that goes into healing um, really whole and and um, healing, you know, heal, healing is a process, not a state that we get to, <laughs> but <laughs> as we're healing and um, those eight aspects, I think, are the ones that for me were the most prominent in what I feel like helps people to move in the direction of, of healing and living a really vibrant life and, and feeling good. Um, do you want me to go through them maybe a little bit or? Sure. If you want to touch on, on each one a little bit and you said the word vibrant, which is my other, my other word, you know, my very first course was called live vibrant. And actually when you sent me these eight aspects, they're very, that's why I reached out to you. I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to have you as a guest teacher because they're all very intertwined to what I created, which like you was out of my own health struggles, probably a different health condition. Um, mine was just being, you know, 80, 90 pounds overweight. And then of course the health problems that come with that, but it was all about these rituals of revival, right. That really helped me through that period. And you sent me this list and a lot of that's so connected. So yeah, if you could, uh, unpack this, this beautiful present for us a little bit more. Okay, great. Yeah. That. Yeah. I love that, that we're so attuned in that way. And, um, you know, none of this is really anything new it's just a re reforming of these words in my own words but it definitely harkens back to this practice of vitalism that is much more um ancient than me <laughs> so but you continue to bring it to life so yeah i'm i'm bringing it through in my own words so yes, yes. um yeah so the first is connection to the earth and I think that to me, I put that at the top because I think that is really the foundation of all of the other aspects. Um, we are a part of the earth. You know, humans are directly intertwined and everything else stems from that. So um, when we're connected to, to mother earth, we're more embodied, like we were talking about, we have more presence. And we actually, humans um, co-regulate with the earth. Um, so that means basically like our nervous system and our bodies in general are able to kind of help soothe and manage um, emotions and sensations and everything better when, when we're grounded and connected um, through the earth itself and the organisms with on the earth like trees. You know, there've been a lot of scientific studies that have shown just how much we actually interact with trees and and the um, compounds that they put off and um, their like essence when we're in out in nature and out in the woods. It's um, incredibly healing. So that connection to the earth basically leads into presence and embodiment because when we're connected to her, we're much more present, we're much more embodied. And I think it's our culture 
this day and age has really um, gotten a little bit disconnected. Um, you know, our minds are so paramount and being in our minds can be really helpful, <laughs> but if we're not coming back into our bodies and having moments of presence throughout the day, um, there's sort of a fracture and a disassociation between the body and the mind. And we want that to be like integrated and whole. Yes. So um, we can practice certain techniques for embodiment, um, which are basically just things that bring us back into our body instead of into the mind. So, mm -hmm. so um, practicing being present with sensations, um, things like gardening, um, exercising even um, can, can bring you back into your body, yoga. Um, and like even something as simple as just sitting outside and focusing on noticing what's around you and how you your body feels when you're watching the birds or watching the ripples in the water oh. um yeah so that's number two actually I, I do that every morning that's oh. ritual I mean I wake up I have a hot cup of lemon water and I open the blinds and we have actually um this season it's only like for a couple of months where the punciana we have a royal punciana tree outside our window and they bloom these beautiful, like fiery red blooms. And it just started two weeks ago. And so every morning I look forward, I open my blinds and I sit in bed, I meditate in bed with my lemon water and I just stare at the tree and I hear the birds. And it's just this moment of like complete connection and presence that really helps me like invite the day. So mm -hmm. as you explain that, I was just picturing my morning ritual with presence. I love that. Cool. That gave me chills, actually. <laughs> it's so important because we just have all these distractions around us in this day and age. It's so easy to go from one thing to another, but just to sit and be still and present with the physical beings that are around us is really beautiful and um, really calming to our nervous system. It's, it's really, it's quite important. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It kind of shuts down that parasympathetic the fight or flight response that I think we are in most of the day, especially around technology. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then number three is nutrition. And I don't want to get too far into this, but basically my, um, I guess, idea around nutrition is not to you know, there's, there are certain times where a person might need to go on a specific diet temporarily to um, figure out food intolerances and stuff like that. But just listening to our body about what it wants, um, intuitive eating, you know, we can optimize what we're putting into our body nutritionally just by listening to, to what our body is telling us. And if we're sticking with whole foods, things that are not processed, and eating a variety of colors um, and just avoiding any food intolerances that we might have them really that's mostly what we need is just to just to you know not get too caught up in like a specific food trend or way of a label associated with eating but just eating whole foods and eating from the earth and trying to buy organic as much as possible you know to avoid 
um, chemicals and that's that's my theory anyway. <laughs> I love that. I love the concept you said of intuitive eating. That's why I had to write that down, like listening to our bodies. And I, I think it really is that simple, right? And then whole foods, eating what naturally comes from the earth and Definitely. just understanding our bodies and of course, food intolerances to what our bodies can tolerate because everybody's different. And that's why, like you said, so beautifully, there is not a, like a one size. I mean, someone who's personally struggled with food my entire life. I have food addiction issues. I've been every size in the women's scale. It's really just been learning what's okay for my body, right? That doesn't fit into a program, right? It's not even about like for me, if I eat too much roughage, that's also not good for my body, even though traditionally it's healthy, it doesn't necessarily work for my particular body. And so I love how you yeah. said that. Yeah, we're all unique and different. And so the more we can tune in to what our own body is telling us, the, the more we'll find, you know, what nourishment we need. And I put that above um, herbs because, and above movement, because I think um, that is a foundational aspect is, is putting, you know, we are what we eat and, and focusing on just nutritious whole foods um, can change so much of our health. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So then number four is movement. And I like to say movement instead of exercise, because at least to me, exercise sounds more like something you have to go to the gym for or have like a specific routine. Whereas if you're just doing natural movements like our ancestors would have done, you know, throughout the day, like for me, my main source of movement is gardening and I'm bending over and picking up heavy things and moving dirt around and you know, um, I don't necessarily find the need to go to a gym or anything like that, although that works great for some people. So I think as long as you're getting a decent amount of movement in with some cardio and, and some lifting, maybe that it's going to look different for everyone. And we should do something that brings us joy um, while we're getting that movement in. So <laughs> Um, another part of that too is when we're moving, we're actually helping to discharge like pent up energy and emotion. Yes, yes. Yes. So it's really, really helpful. Even if you have a job that's sedentary to like, just get out and walk around the block or do something to, to get that energy moving again. Um, and that actually like physically helps it helps from an energetic standpoint but it also physically helps to move your lymph system and get toxins um, out of your body yes yes emotionally spiritually and physically it just has so many benefits and I love how you call it movement I I do as well um being that I was stuck in the exercise movement you know years ago and need thinking that I had to be at the gym for an hour and now it's like Sometimes I do, I'm actually a member of, if you've heard of Daybreaker, you mentioned joy. They have a membership that's all about like a daily joy practice. And sometimes they're 11 minutes. I do, you mentioned our ancestors, like Japanese calisthenics. And it's just like 11 minutes of just like really moving with the flow of the energy. There's qigong. And even in an 11 minute practice, each one elevates a different um, neurochemical. So dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, mm -hmm. and endorphins. Yep. 
And it's incredible how like in 11 minutes, I can activate oxytocin and feel that self-love or dopamine and give me that kind of boost, right? For the Monday motivation, just from moving your body, right? And I think that's the best benefit rather than, right, the physical or worrying about, right, lifting weights or being, right, having a certain body image is just the actual mental benefits mm-hmm. of moving your body. Yeah. Oh, I love how you put that. You have such a wonderful way of summing things up and <laughs> making them sound yeah. so great. <laughs> I yeah. love it. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so then number five is herbs. And um, obviously, I'm passionate about this area. Um, as I talked about, we've evolved with herbs and our ancestors um, up until I think it was like the 1800s were really connected still. I mean, in certain areas of the world, but um, knew how to live off the land and knew which plants to use for specific purposes. And um, we've kind of like separated ourselves from that, but I think that we can bring them back into our lives, even if it's just through food, Um, just starting uh, small and like integrating say rosemary more often into cooking and thyme and some of these culinary herbs. And then we can kind of start to look at some that are a little bit more um, medicinal, not that thyme and rosemary aren't medicinal, but there are some that we just wouldn't necessarily use in cooking. Um, And as you start to slowly include them in in your life, I think you start to, realize just how amazing they are and how much they really do help. Absolutely. What's your favorite herb? I'm just curious. I think that might be impossible <laughs> for me to decide, but I'll tell you a few. <laughs> so um, roses were actually one of, I call them the portal into herbalism for me. Um, I started making tea with them and then using them in skincare and everything and they're just gorgeous so I fell in love with them and I think calendula which is a a bright orange yellow flower and um dandelion (laughs) maybe are some of my top ones I love that yeah. I just was curious because I'm like you dabble in in so many herbs right in your creation so I'm like what is Kimberly's favorite yeah. <laughs> mine yeah. is I love eucalyptus oh that's wonderful does it grow around you not organically but yeah. whenever I see a bouquet when I'm at the market or in like a farmer's market that has mm-hmm. eucalyptus I just love how it overpot like you can just smell like I put on the dining table and I, I think it's that like earthy, just beautiful scent. Like it's, yeah. it's very like invigorating as well. And I, I have eucalyptus oil too that I put on some mornings if I need a little bit of a revitalization. Uh, and again, you know, alive is such a passionate word to me. So that's what I think of when I think of eucalyptus just makes you completely come alive and like enraptured in its scent. Yeah, yeah, I could see that for you. Do you ever put it in the shower? like hang a hang some of the branches no, in your shower. that's a good idea I'm gonna totally do that. yeah it's pretty nice <laughs> uh-huh. spa shower I love that yeah 
Um, all right, should I jump to number six? I'm not sure how much yeah. time. Um, no, we're good. We typically we're good. go, so I don't, okay. We're good. Sounds good. Um, so the sixth one I had is creativity, pleasure, and joy, um, which I think all go together. And to me, those kind of link back to the first two. I mean, really, honestly, it links back to all of them. But um, when we, let's see, let me back up a little bit. Um, I think our culture in a lot of ways makes us believe that joy and pleasure are somewhat selfish acts, even though we're constantly bombarded with ads of like, buy this, buy that, this will make you happy. For me at least, <laughs> just coming back to the simple things around us, like being in nature and watching a bird or looking at this amazing tree that you have and sipping lemon water, those are, that's pleasurable and that's joyful. And those are things that can really fill us up um, and bring a sense of wonder and excitement to our day. Um, and why shouldn't that be good? Like, that's an amazing thing. We should all not, you know, not should, but that that is such a beautiful practice to like have that in our life. Isn't that part of why we're here? hundred <laughs> percent. And, and I love how you said it. it's simple because I think we often overcomplicate like ritual and presence and it has to be this like hour meditation or a sound bath or we have to right, hike the Himalayas to get a spiritual experience. But lemon water is a beautiful practice. I mean, sometimes I just hold the cup and I feel the warmth of the mug and I smell like right the the vibrancy of the lemon and that in itself can be like a one minute to five minute practice yeah. that helps you experience complete and utter joy and that to me is what life is about right it's all those simple pleasures mm -hmm. that I think we often take for granted but going back to your connection to earth and presence like that's where that lies right that's where that is rooted in yeah Definitely. Um, I've been really enjoying the work of Adrienne Marie Brown. I'm, I just started um, listening to her audiobook, uh, Pleasure Activism. Oh, terrific. And can I just read a quote from her um, book real quick? Yeah. A central aspect of pleasure activism is tapping into the natural abundance that exists within and between us and between our species and this planet. Pleasure is not one of the spoils of capitalism. It is what our bodies, our human systems are structured for. It is the aliveness and awakening, the gratitude and humility, the joy and celebration of being miraculous. Mm, that's beautiful. I got goosebumps. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing. And that's Pleasure Activism mm -hmm. is the name of the book. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing. So then, for number seven, I actually did have ritual, which you just touched on a little bit. And to me, rituals don't have to be elaborate. Um, sleep is a ritual. <laughs> and then how we approach sleep can be a ritual also. Um, sleep is probably one of the most important rituals. And 
I maybe should have added that as another aspect, but I wanted to incorporate it into this one. Um, so we all have routines that we do throughout the day. You know, we get up, make coffee, maybe brush our teeth, wash our face. If we turn some of those into a ritual by just um, injecting a little bit more intention into them, it really transforms your day. Um, so for instance, for me, when I'm having tea or coffee in the morning, just like you said, I'll hold the mug and feel the warmth and feel how it feels going down my throat and into my heart center and then into my stomach. Um, and then when I brush my teeth, I try to bring intention to that and just enjoy the process instead of just trying to rush through it. And then when I wash my face, I will, um, you know, feel the, the water and enjoy that and then give myself a massage with um, face oils and like indulge in the pleasure of that. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, and just bringing intention like that to these simple routines that we have during the day can really be transformative. I love that. Yeah, for me, it's well, I have my morning, but at night, and this is a pandemic thing, I started showering at night. And I'm definitely gonna put the eucalyptus in the shower now. Cool. But I, I like to envision like a washing away, like a washing away of the day, just like, like a like a cleansing, like a natural cleansing. And like, I just like hear the water and then I feel the water hitting my skin and I just visualize the things that I want to cleanse myself of from the day and then kind of invite myself into bed with this like new fresh energy. So that's sort of my, my evening ritual, like you said, before sleep uh, is to kind of visualize that in the shower and have it be a physical cleansing, but also like an emotional and spiritual cleansing as well. Definitely. That's beautiful. Do you find it helps you sleep a lot better? I do. I do. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I sleep almost too good. I can't wait. <laughs> My husband's always up before me and, and he actually usually comes with the lemon water and wakes me up and brings me the iPad as I meditate. And some mornings I'm just like, I can't, I got to go back to bed. Like, I'm just in my element. Like I sleep yeah. in um fetal position and it just feels feels really good so yeah I understand that 100% <laughs> so then the last aspect uh, number eight is community and I think after this past year we all can recognize how important that is some of us have not had the chance to be in community quite as much and um, you know for our mental health um, especially it's just so important um, so in whatever ways we can get it right now, like you have your digital savvy collective yes, yes. Thing, um, and that's creating a, a wonderful community for women um, or maybe is it just women or is it women and men? It is just women. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Although yeah. I, have, I have dabbled in the idea of inviting men into the practice. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so if if we're able to be in physical community, I think that's really beautiful and important because we, um, you know, there's nothing like giving someone else a hug <laughs> or being in their space. But um, if we can't, then we're pretty lucky to be able to have 
uh, digital spaces as well. Yeah. And I know that that has been a huge savior for me this past year, having those di digital <laughs> connections yeah. um, where you can, you can still feel supported and connect with other people and bounce ideas around and laugh. <laughs> so a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean like social media too, like it has its benefits and of course it has its it's downsides as well, but I think the communal aspect of how virtually we can touch anyone all over the world, and I even consider this podcast a community. Um, yeah. Whenever you're listening right now at this point in time, the show has been listened to in 23 countries, and like whenever I look at that, it it warms my heart to know that this message has such a global reach. Like each episode and each story and each guest that I have, uh, and I'm really happy to invite you. I consider you a part of this beautiful collective now uh, of stories and souls that are part of this alive movement, as I like to call it, <laughs> of coming alive through story um, and through the beautiful work that you do. Thank you. Yeah, you are creating some amazing communities through your podcast and your collective. Thank it's you. Fun watching you blossom like that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, as, as someone that was silenced uh, for much of my life, I just find it just like you and your love for herbs and bringing that that vitalism to the world for me it's voice and I actually recently learned uh, I was in a human design session on quilt I don't know if you've ever dabbled in the quilt app it's kind of like clubhouse but the more oh. of a spiritual feel oh. and there was a conversation on human design and I saw these diagrams that look like like a chakra diagram like the seven chakras and she talked to us about human design and I'd never heard of this concept where you actually learn it kind of intertwines astrology and the chakras to learn like the day you were born and like where you are most defined versus like the elements where you're often more porous and then wherever the moon cycles are and, and the cosmic energy is you could be more sensitive to that yeah and I put up my diagram and the first thing she said is you have a well-defined throat chakra oh, she nice. goes do you use your voice and I said yeah I have a podcast <laughs> <laughs> and I know that when I'm out of alignment as I was for so many years of my life, it's because I, I didn't speak. I sat behind mm -hmm. a computer screen. I didn't have a voice, you know, even in childhood, I was shy, I was quiet. I didn't feel like I had anything to say. And now I really can't shut up. So <laughs> but I, I know it's all for good. And that's what I know is my God-given gift is to use my voice to inspire, to empower, to elevate other voices uh, and to continue to come alive uh, in this venture. Mm, I'm so happy you found them. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Just, I'm so happy together. You. Yeah, you really do shine in that way. It's like I love listening to you talk and your podcasts, and you have this beautiful way of summarizing things that just really goes straight to the heart. <laughs> so you. I'm so glad that you found that because you really are bringing a, a huge gift to the world. Thank you. Thank you. And come to think six years ago, I thought I was just meant to be a writer. I, writing is my first passion. And I remember a friend of mine growing up, she just said, you're one of those quiet souls. It's just meant to, to write and not really be a voice. I don't know. And that really hit me hard. And I always thought to myself, well, if I can write powerful words, why can't I speak them? Yeah. And that's just, just been my mantra. Um, and my book hasn't come yet. It's in the process. <laughs> this podcast was born first. Um, but being a lover of books, there's a question I like to ask all my guests 
Um, so I have about three more questions if you have a few minutes, maybe sure. kind of rapid fire of what is your favorite book that has inspired your life and work today? Um, okay, so can I give two really quickly? Yes. <laughs> okay, so the first one is If Women Rose Rooted and it's by Sharon Blackie. And it's a, a book that is based in Celtic mythology, but it's bringing like a modern um, twist to it. So it's really a call for women to reclaim their um, native wild <laughs> power and their connection to the earth um, so that we can grow more whole. And I just, that book like really transformed my life. So I can't say enough wonderful things about it. And then the other one, I wanted to offer a, a, my favorite herbal book suggestion, which is um, called Body Into Balance. And it's by Maria Noel Groves. It is such a beautiful book. And I love the way that it's laid out by different body systems as opposed to just listing different herbs. So you can go through and see like the immune system, cardiovascular system and heart health. And then she'll talk about that specific system and look at it like very holistically and then go into the different herbs that can support that. Oh, I love that. I'm gonna add that to my cart. I actually bought If Women Arose Rooted after you told me about it. It's on my shelf. And I, once I'm done with my current book, I'm gonna read it. Great, <laughs> wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, my next question is, what is your favorite creation in the Joyful Roots shop? Okay, that one was hard. Um, or I think three. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll make it easier. <laughs> yeah. My top one, I think, is the Elevate um, face oil because um, I have sort of dry skin and it's been, and I'm in, I live in the desert, so I'm being exposed to like pretty harsh elements constantly. Um, and that just really makes my skin feel wonderful. Um, I love the scent of the orange blossoms and the mandarin that's in there. And um, I make that into my, one of my morning rituals, putting that on and it protects my skin against the elements. So yeah, I'll just leave it at that and say, that's my favorite one. <laughs> Perfect, thank you. And I, I will link that up in the show notes so the listeners can check it out um, and check out all the other magic that you have in your shop because it's really beautiful. And I know for the sake of time, we won't be able to dabble in all of it. Um, but listeners, I highly encourage you to check out Kimberly's shop. It has helped heal myself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Like I said, through migraines, through stress, through anxiety, um, through a lot of just what I go through on a day-to-day -day basis. And I really have to attribute, I've been a member since your uh, membership was born <laughs> and it's, it's been a huge part of my life and everything that you embody with these eight roots of joy is exactly what I feel I experience in all of your products, right? So connection to earth, presence, nutrition, movement, herbs, creativity, pleasure, joy, ritual, and then community. Um, you just embody all of that so well. I just wanted to sum those up again. So listeners, definitely, definitely check out Kimberly's shop and everything that she's doing. She's continuously creating new products as well. Uh, she's extremely innovative. So I'm always intrigued to see what Creatrix 
magic she's up to <laughs> lately. Um, my last question, actually two more. What makes you come alive? Oh, yes, going back to, well, I mean, you really just summed it up. Seeing how much my products and my creations and my love of the plants has helped you. Um, it's like creating these ripples outward. You know, I'm doing what I love and it fills me up so much. And then I see the ripple effect that it has on you and other people. And that's really what fills me up is, is seeing, seeing you find joy in something that I created and something that the earth created as well through the plants. Yes, yes. And you definitely have that ripple effect. I, I just have to say each package, like the love just pours through. It's like she writes personal love notes and even her choice of ribbon. And then there's like an herb from the garden that kind of garnishes the package. Like, and every month is so completely different. It's just really, really beautiful. So keep doing what you're doing. Can really absolutely love that. And that's why I just, I had to have you on the show um, to really broadcast the, the beautiful work that you do because more people do need to find the joyful roots um, and the magic that you bring to the world. So again, I, I just want to thank you. Um, but how can the listeners stay in touch with you and find you if they want to connect offline? Sure. Um, I'm probably most active on Instagram and my handle is just at joyful roots, all one word. Um, I have a website that's www.joyfulroots.com. And my email is kim at joyfulroots.com. Perfect. Nice and simple, the simple pleasures. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. Well, thank you again, Kimberly. Immense gratitude to you for bringing your presence, your embodiment, everything that you do to this episode. It really has been an honor and a pleasure. Like words can't express how I feel right now. <laughs> I, I really just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. And I am really grateful for our connection. Thank you, Jessica. I'm getting tears right now because it's been so special connecting with you and growing together. And I'm completely honored to be here. So thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. Have a blessed day. You too. If you enjoyed this episode, I invite you to share the love with somebody in your world that really needs this message today. And if you're feeling extra generous, I would absolutely love if you would subscribe to my show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen and rate and review. Interested to know how this show has helped you come alive. As the great Benjamin Disraeli said, action may not always bring happiness, but there is no happiness without action. That is where we truly come alive. And now I have an opportunity for all of you listeners to engage with all of the content and inspiration you gain from these episodes. Just visit the link bit.ly backslash alive with Jessica to listen to each episode and snag all the show notes and freebies that come with each episode to help you bring the spirit of the teachings to life.